G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. Reach out to Tony and the team. He'll be featuring on tomorrow's show with us to talk a little bit Canterbury Bulldogs. Also brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Go out and grab a case of Kempe's Drop this weekend. Supercoach done and dusted. NRL finals heading our way. Cannot wait. Joined once again by my student, <laughs> co-host, student, Padawan, Timmy Williams, what's doing? How long have you been working on that intro, mate? How many months? Mate, if anyone was next to me in the car today on the way in, they would have thought I was on a very intense phone call because <laughs> there was a lot of talking to myself going on. Um, mate, Supercoach season done and dusted. Um, we'll talk about how we went between us soon, but pretty good seasons for both of us. Top 1,000 finish. Was, mate, yeah. Yep, kept a nice little 1% streak going alive. So, um, yeah, respectable enough. Finished up there in 560th overall. Finished on a good note with 1346. So really happy with that. And, uh, you know, it was placed about, I was about 109th, about five, six weeks ago. And really felt like I was well-placed to sort of make a big finish. Didn't quite eventuate that way. Cut the wrong decisions. Cut the injuries and things didn't go my way. But that's uh, all part of the game. So... Mate, I'm not going to be upset about 560th overall, so it was a good season. Now, I guess as Supercoach players, we're trying to improve each and every year, and this is where I've got my worries about you. You finished two a couple of years ago, and you just seem to be on the downward fucking slide. Just can't seem to improve off the back of that. Mm. Me, on the other hand, stocks <laughs> are fucking rising through the roof. Uh, 310 this year, slightly better than I think my second best, which would have been about 10,000 over the last five or six years. So very happy with that. Um, now, we came down to last week. There was 175 points between us. And I've got to be honest with you, I was very fucking nervous. Very, very nervous. Run us through the weekend, how it all sort of played out. It was. So it was, you had me by 175 points uh, leading into the weekend. I was thinking, oh, it was achievable, but a lot of work to do. I said, in saying that, you beat me by 230 the week yeah, before. So yeah, it was possible, yeah. yeah. And I'd had a pretty good weekend. A lot of things had gone well. I knew you had a little, a few different things go against you. You were Cam Mariona, yeah. Cam Mariona, so true. Murray was the big one. So yeah. when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm a sniff here. Going into Sunday morning, uh, you, it was something like you had six players, including Nico Captain, and I had three left who you owned all of them. So you had three players to get. It was about 100 to 120 points. So I was like, likely, but two of those players were Jesse Ramian and Lockie Miller, who was like, mm. you know, they can go sub-30 on their day. They did last week, so. They did yeah. last week, so I was, yeah, I was like, outside, but I was a chance. And I was driving, driving back from Cooma, actually, that day, and I was sort of trying to get updates on my phone and listen to a little bit on radio, and, and different sorts of things. And when Jesse Raymond scored, I was okay with it because him scoring was my lock of the week on the halfback podcast. I'm like, all oh, right, I can cop that. Uh, it was also off an intercept, so I don't think he got a line break for it. So I'm like, you know, he's 17. I'll get my lock of the week, boom. Anyway, I checked it about the 78th minute, saw the score, and I was like, you know, I'm an outside chance here that they haven't gone that well. I pulled up about half an hour later, checked the score again, and Lockie Miller had scored with the line break in the 79th minute, and my heart just sunk, went, I knew that was me done. And, mate, the night before, <laughs> I think it was Tom Gilbert made a cracking chase on Scotty Drinkwater. Um, was it Gilbert? No, no. Who? Eddie Blacker, 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 that's it, Blacker, yes. Blacker. Oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Yeah, You're 15 for Penrith, wrong yeah. team. Supercoach expert here, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I oh. fuck, I was cheering him on. Good so, God. Yeah, so I brought in, obviously, Drinky this week is my final trade. And 
That was another dagger. So we had the little two hundred dollars side bet. I think you gave me a, a one twenty five. Yeah, it was a mountain of points. Fucking did you a favor? Good God! Yeah, well, absolute mountain of points. I couldn't have been any more generous. Mate, I'm running a fucking charity over I here. You, you still a, couldn't. Catch I gave me. you a fifty point start in a head to head bet, so <laughs> that's rich. But even in that, so drinky, I brought drinky in, skipped him, and then the uh, the super coach score is up to their old tricks and had him on 90 odd and then they did updates and he got the try assist it came off val so he went up to about 115 120 and that changed everything i was sort of thinking again oh looking all right here and then they ripped that back off him just as a final little knife in the back to my season took that off him so you won our head-to-head bet on that as well because that 50 point gap became 30 so that cost me mm. uh, a cheeky 200 yeah i gotta transfer that money to the scorers as well <laughs> took care of me there um now Let's have a look. Now, obviously, at the start of the season, we put up $2,000 cash prize, free entry into the beers and break-evens group. Uh, and obviously, Matthew, the vacant block, he won overall Supercoach, taking home 50K. But in second place overall and first in our comp was Glenn the Dark Knight, who takes home $5,000 from Supercoach, but also takes home $2,000 from us. So he mm. comes home with a seven thousand dollar prize pool glenn so congratulations mate uh reach out to us on your social medias we'll get your uh you get your bank details flick it over there now did you say that you think he's from newcastle uh i is that just because of his name no 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 um i reckon he'd be a night supporter supporter i have a feeling he said he was he was western new south wales around the, the bathurst and orange territory which very lovely part of the world. So mm-hmm. if it's going out to a, a, a nice country bloke like Glenn, I'm more than happy to hand it over. And Glenn, if you are uh, ever in Sydney, Big Smoke, come find us, yeah? Smash, Take him out for a night. A tins, yeah, 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 might even have him on here. But congratulations, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Unreal stuff. Um, <clears throat> hey, he didn't finish that far off. Mate, I was just about to say, he finished. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, impressive season by the bloke that finished first. Yeah. Dominant, hey? Very, very dominant. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Glenn. $2,000 from us. Uh, we'll be looking into next season how much of a prize pool we'll be putting up. I think we can probably up it a little bit next year, make it a little bit more interesting. Well, mate, you're on a seven-figure salary, so it'll be whatever you're willing to put up for us. Eight, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but we will be looking to have a <clears throat> an even bigger prize pool for next year, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into our best and worst moves for season 2022. For me, I look back at my best moves. Uh, probably I was one of the first to bring in Scotty Drinkwater. It was a bit of a pod move at the start. He turned out to be pretty solid throughout the season, but... My big move on Drinky was that I captained him in round 13, the bye week. I think he went 120-odd there, so that really helped me. Uh, I got on Joey Tapanay, and I have to give a shout-out to uh, one of your contributors, Stevie Hebner, mm. uh, who tipped me on to Joey Tapanay, who I sort of said to him, I don't know about minutes with Ricky Stewart, and Steve sort of said, oh, I've got a feeling he'll start to play good minutes. And from that week on, he turned into the fucking Terminator, so that was fantastic for me. Sivitalakai was the other one I got on him on the – I think I got him on the exact right time, and I probably sold him a little bit too late but i think you had to be on him for that month or so where he exploded and thankfully i was what do you look back as your best moves for this year you right there mate i almost died <laughs> wouldn't that have been a good little outcome for you yeah. good god go would have saved me 200 bucks <laughs> um yeah sifa was one for sure in, in the sense that most people were stung by him in some way or another. Some were really hurt by him. I'll say, I think I got him the week he, he got his 150-odd, which was handy. Um, my Eels boys, I, I did quite well around. I started with Dylan Brown. He was rock solid before. I traded him out 
round eight at a tick under 700 grand. So, again, like, I mean, in hindsight, could have held him all season, but he did a really good job for me. He made mm. me plenty of money, scored well. But I traded Mitchie Moses in in round uh, five and got quite good value and points out of him at the time. And then Sean Lane was the other one that I, I got on and... You sort of were sitting there thinking, oh, maybe if you can pot around and knock out 65 to 70. I think he was a, a buy-around player. He was just immense that, the whole back end of the yeah. year. So, Sean and Lane, the, the Eels boys, uh, big time. They're, they're probably the ones that I really look at in terms of my, my better trading targets. And then I, I got my cheapies right very well all year. So, stood me in good set, stead uh, team value-wise, but there weren't too many that I missed out on in those, so that, that helped out. I think my other one that I was really happy with was my uh, little Reese Walsh debacle during the year. Yeah. Turned out all right for me. I had him for four weeks, 56, 52, 69, 75. Solid. So we'll take that uh, as a bit of a pod play. Now let's get to our worst plays, and um, I think my worst one by far and away was anti-potting Latrell Mitchell. Mm. Uh, I think... He'll be up there with yours. I can think of probably one for you that, that might have hurt you more. But Latrell Mitchell, he really stung us this year. To be honest with you, mate, I'm incredibly impressed we got as high as we did without Latrell. Because, mate, the scores he put up in the back end of the season, we spoke about it last week, were just unbelievable. And I didn't think he'd be able to do it that consistently. It was incredible, and I, it really has burnt me this year. Mm. What, what are your thoughts? Who do you have as your it's worst one? It was a tough watch, wasn't oh. it, Latrell? It was... I mean, a lesson I certainly learned in Supercoach this year was I'm very, I'm quite heavy on looking at fixtures for, and obviously speak of them quite often uh, around more so attacking players rather than um, forwards who are, are a bit, you know, can score well against anyone. But Latrell with that Bunnies run upcoming for the last sort of six to eight weeks, I thought, oh, this is a bloke who historically has only been a good Supercoach player. He's never really been a star. I know mm. he took over the goal kicking this year, which helped, but. Uh, the lesson I learned was that the best of the best in Supercoach and in the NRL are pretty well fixture-proof. And, and Latrell proved that, that um, yes, the, the Bunnies won games and there were some, you know, a few lower scores here and there, but Latrell was just fixture-proof. So yeah. damn good. Uh, so Latrell hurt me and that ties into the now uh, folklore in Supercoach and SC Playbook, Beers and Breakers, whatever you call it, uh, the infamous Caelan Ponga trading. Um, <laughs> I was so excited about it, brought him in at... Under 500k, he'd just come off that Game 3 Origin Masterclass. Mm. He had a three-round average of, of something quite healthy and was just looking. We all know how good he looked in Origin 3. The Knights had a soft draw. Two really soft games coming up at the time. Might have been the Bulldogs and Tigers or Titans and Tigers or something. Uh, brought him in as a pod play instead of Luttrell. Um, it was, it was like Luttrell was only a couple of games back at, as well. And Ponga obviously got HIA'd or knocked out. 10 minutes into the game and didn't feature again. So that one, and then because he went on to, it was probably stayed steady cash, but Luttrell went big again. His price sort of got out of hand and I just couldn't quite get him in. He was so heavily owned two weeks later, Luttrell, that it was like, look, if I'm realistic about making up any ground, going for Luttrell at 90% with that run just didn't make sense. So, yeah, largely all around the fullbacks. And then you can tie into another few there, of course. You're never going to get every trade right, but... Uh, I shudder every time I hear the name Grant Anderson. I think banked his sort of 15 points in, in was it the first, the second major bye week there? A uh, couple of others. Timari Martin, he, he'd never been too bad. So I think the only week I played him was maybe the first major bye week. And I think he actually scored all right in that one, but didn't make a lot of cash there. Um, 
you know, going a little bit too late on Nico Hines. I bit the bullet by about round eight or nine just before I think he had his biggest score of the year. So not horrible, yep. but um, underestimated him a little bit. Uh, and, yeah, so they're, they're probably the, the major ones for me. I think, mate, as far as this show goes and our rivalry, the Kalen Ponga one was huge because I remember walking down to the cafe here mm. the day that you said you were going to do it and I said to you, I've got a big pod, pod play I'm going for. I'm not going to pull the trigger this week, but I'm going to yeah. pull the trigger this week. And you interrupted me and said, I bet I've got a bigger one. I'm going KP. And yeah. I went, fuck, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And thank God you went the week early. Because oh. that yeah, that would have changed fucking everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything, that, that KP moment. And then the, the other two that were killing me for a while there, and it's funny how quickly Supercoach can change, but one that I definitely didn't get right, but I thought it was going to cost me anything decent in Supercoach this season was Joey Manu. Mm. Uh, again, another infamous went Toto to... Sorry, Manu to Toto for that second major bye week, uh, which Toto didn't actually play, but it looked a good trade. He turned up. Manu went on. Th- that was when I hit my peak. He hit about 107th overall. The following week, I didn't own Manu for the Dragons game. He got 190. Lots of people skipped it or looped. Uh, and that one killed me. His next four or five weeks went nuts. Manu went on, and I was basing everything off just the fact he was playing centre. Again, the Roosters some tough games. If he stays at centre, I'm okay with it. He ended up with a five-round average to finish the season of 50-odd. Mm. Joey Tapps, who again was killing me for ages, he ended up with a roughly a five-round average of about 50 as well. So ended up not being too, too bad there, but uh, it was it was the year of Luttrell and not owning, owning or not owning him. Yeah, I and I remember I obviously captained <laughs> Joey Manu that afternoon, mm. and I remember sitting there that afternoon thinking, he can't catch me now. Tim will not be able to catch me. And then, of course, we had the infamous the night we were on the beers here with Maddie, who's behind the mic down there when I captained Nathan Cleary. Yeah. And he got sent off in that one. So that's sort of, that brought us a little bit closer again. Helped. But, uh, mate, I mean, uh, just being two content creators sitting here next to each other, we couldn't have asked for a better season as far as our rivalry goes. It was it was great, mate. tight the entire way. It was great. And it, it was all, all plenty of fun and something to ride home, a little bit of a rivalry. I'm so overall based that, I don't really look into rivalries with mates or head-to-head leagues too often. And uh, look, I'd loved, I'd, I'd be happy to sit here and go at you and tell you that I taught you everything you know in the space of the last six to eight months. But I know that's playing into exactly that you want. It's just going to fuel the fire. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm happy to sit back and say you were too good this season and mm. uh, no, well deserved. Now, as you said all year, the cream always <laughs> rises to the top. <laughs> Quote unquote. Um, yeah, but uh, it builds for something pretty special next year, just quietly. Mm. I'm looking Quite forward up, to mate. it. We'll try and go back to back. See if you're a, a one-hit wonder or what. <laughs> mate, I've got one-hit wonder written on my fucking forehead. <laughs> I have no doubt about that whatsoever. The SC Playbook Podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home, or chase the last rate for your refinance. Give them a call on 9521 1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Now, mate, um, Boos, uh, we assume they'll come back next year. Might not. We had five this year. A lot of conversation around how to use them this season. Um, I actually only used four of them. I finished the season with one boost up my sleeve still. Um I think that a lot of people have got the idea to use them early next year. They are a little bit overrated. I agree to some extent, uh, but I think it's, uh, as we said off mic before, and you'll talk more about it, I think it's very dependent on the season. Mm. I feel like over the next three years, there could be three different correct strategies, how to use your boost. It's going to be interesting how it plays out. What are you thinking as far as, if, if we are given five boosts again next year, what's going to be your basic sort of strategy? 
Yeah, first um, look at the boost this season were, I think they were a great introduction just because they, just another factor, another few big decisions that had to be made throughout the season, uh, but pretty overrated, essentially. Very handy at times, but different for the circumstances of every single team. If you start the year, I've seen like people reflecting, saying, oh, you need to use them early on and fix mistakes with your team. Some people start the year and they get their team right and they don't need to make three trades a week early on and they're happy using the two and saving them up for later on. Um, in which case, you don't need to use your boost early. On the flip side, you might get your starting side horribly wrong. Cheapies might be all over the shop. You might have brought a few guns in that have got that have flopped or got injured, whatever. Those sides, absolutely go and use your boost early on and fix the mistakes you've made. Uh, and again, that changes year to year. That changes team to team. So it's, it's very circumstantial. I, I was happy with my strategy around the boost this year and I can't see it changing next year. And that is, provided nothing goes too nasty early on in the season, it's using them around the, the buy period. And mm. this is obviously overall speaking. Uh, I think probably head-to-head, you can maybe look to use them earlier on because you're trying to get your best 17 as quick as you can. Um, but overall, I just think using them... Well, next season we think there won't be rep round and we think there'll be three major bye weeks. Which is chaos. We just need more to consider in Super Great Stuff. Along with the buys every week. Yeah, so I think that will probably bring boost more into it. Yep. And, and I'll be looking to use mine the week before all three of those. Uh, and alternatively, on the week after it. I think the week after what will be the third major buy round is a really key one. Because that's where you go... You've Overall, players are so different. We try to get our best 17 as possible the week after that third major buy-round finishes. So it'll be targeting and saving a boost for that week. I did it this season, and, and I'm very happy with that. So, again, I'll be putting them all around the buy period, all going to plan. Now, mate, I, I was listening to the Supercoach Playbook a few weeks ago, and something that's really caught my interest, you guys talked about, and I think it could be perfect next year. If you're in a head-to-head comp with just your mates and that's all you care about, not picking a team for the first week, oh, starting in the second week and using your boost to sort of wrangle in those points. Mate, I think if you're in a head-to-head comp, it could be the way to go. I really do. You get to sit back and watch everyone um, for the first week. I've, in in terms of... Like so, if you only care about the comp that you're just in with, with your yeah. direct mates, your cash comp, if, you're yeah. not, if you don't care about overall... Mm. Mate, I reckon it could be the play you get just because you're going to have, obviously, the Dolphins coming in. It's going to, like, stretch a little bit of depth across the competition. Mm. I also think week one, if there's any week to miss, it's that one because every team comes in with fucking defense, defense, defense. Mm. There's normally not many huge blowouts in that week. I don't mind the strategy. It's a gamble, but I don't mind it to see where all the cheapies are. And then if you have got these five boosts and you use them efficiently, like, I reckon you can wrangle in Mm. 1,200 points across... 25 weeks. And, and that's it. And, and why, you know, you don't have to make moves early on in the season. So it's, there, there's plenty of, plenty of logic to, to the move. It's, there's, a, there's risk involved, but it's a fun one for anyone ballsy enough to have. Mate, I reckon it'd be super exciting. All right, like during the week, you'd make your team and then mm. just before kickoff, do, 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 knock them all out. Yeah. Cause chaos in the group chat. I reckon it'd be, it'd be good fun chasing as well. I tell you, I won't be one of them, but there'll be a few, uh, Girlfriends and wives teams having a crack. <laughs> no doubt whatsoever, <laughs> yeah, which I back 100%. Uh, guys, that will do us for our review of our teams for this year. Uh, now, over the next four weeks, starting tomorrow, we will be going through every single team 
from the 2022 season and reviewing their Supercoach season and having a look at 2023, the guys that we will have our eyes on at the start of next season for a vast array of reasons. We'll also be having a look at the Dolphins. Now, we'll talk about them to, on tomorrow's show. Uh, not a heap of guys probably in their starting teams, but I've got a couple of cheapies for you that I think are worth keeping an eye on. Uh, so we will have tomorrow, we'll be doing the bottom four teams and the Dolphins. So five teams to cover there. And then every Monday after that, the next three Mondays on the trot, probably Monday afternoon, we'll be dropping on YouTube and on the podcast, a review of uh, the remaining 12 teams. So we'll go the bottom four, the next four, then the bottom four of the top eight, and then the top four to finish. So we, we will be recording all of those on one day. So fingers crossed, not too much changes over the next few weeks. It's rugby league, so surely nothing will change, right? What could possibly backfire? What could possibly fucking happen? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. It takes me back, what was it, 10 odd weeks ago when we did an entire show on Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, we jumped off and then he got fucking COVID. Oh. That was one of the great kicks in the dick of all time. I'd made about four bits of content. Great. I think it happened <laughs> with Nico Hines too, just quietly throughout the season. Unreal stuff. But uh, thanks for joining us once again, guys. We'll have all those reviews coming tomorrow and over the next few weeks. Reach out to Tony and the team at Blue Wealth Property if you're keen to get involved and go and grab yourself a case of Bloke in a Bar this weekend. The best drop in the country and in sport. Cheers, legends.